Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Yes, hello, and welcome back to the Weight Loss Podcast. Courtney is here with me. Hello, Courtney. Hello. So I have a problem. What's that? I've been overweight now for the last 20 years. Mm. And look, I've been going to the gym and I've been eating healthy for the last three weeks. Could you please tell me why haven't I lost 15 kilos yet? (laughs) The fuck is wrong with this program? Yeah. (laughs) The fuck's wrong with you? You're a shit trainer. Getting straight into it. Mate, that's... That's what we're about. <laughs> Ain't no fucking around here. Well, smashed it. Yeah. Okay. So that's it for us today. Thanks for listening. <laughs> so you probably figured by just the episode title, What Makes You So Special? Mm-hmm. That is an appropriate uh, title for what we're going to be talking about this episode, Courtney. It is. Because it's time to engage rant mode. <laughs> Yeah, this has only just started. This is this is literally the tip of the iceberg. So Courtney and I are basically here to have a whinge and to crack the shits and to just call it as we see it, discussing what we consider to be completely unearned senses of entitlement that are so often seen by people. And this is, it ain't just like, it's, it. we are part of this discussion. I've had this issue in the past. Same. This feeling that we are owed success. Yes. Or that it should be easier. Or that it should be happening faster. I think it it comes down to a lot of that owed. You're owed something. Mm. You put put the effort that's put out, then you're owed something back in, in, in a short space of time. I think it's a case of you. there's an effort put in and there's a disproportionate sense of success you think should be coming back your way. Yeah. So I've been like this. I've been abusing my body for years and years and years and years. Now I'm putting in some sort of effort for a month. Well, why aren't I halfway there yet? Yeah. Like, fucking honestly. Yes. This is what we mean by the title of this episode, What Makes You So Special? Because what the fuck makes you so special to think that you can change so quickly or that you can put in a token effort and get some epic result quickly? Reality check time, yeah? Yeah. Oh, 100%. They're not the funnest things to have, reality checks. (laughs) But often they're needed. Yeah. Now, there's a number of instances where it comes across to me at least, as an unearned sense of entitlement. And I'll start off with the first one that I've seen plenty of, which is when you can be in complete denial about just how much of a gigantic hole you've dug for yourself. Mm. So let's say you might be someone who's been battling with your weight for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and you feel like shit, you look like shit, you function like shit, 
and you're feeling older than what you are. And you may have tried all these different diets over the years, up and down, just this stupid circle of self-abuse. And you think it's going to be easy. And you think it's going to happen quickly. Nah, mate. Here's the fact when it comes to someone's starting point. The older you are, the longer your history of diets, quick fixes, stop starts, the longer that history, the harder this actually is and the worse your starting point is. Yes. I do see a lot of delusion and denial about that to the point where I think it'd be self-destructive. Yeah. I think the starting point, as you say, Matt, is probably where a lot of it does start. There's a, there's a big denial, I think, around at the starting point and... I know this was a big factor for me when I first started because what do you mean? I, 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 my mental state would go up and down in terms of I look shit. Nah, I don't look too bad. Nah, I look shit. I'm fat. Nah, actually, I don't look too bad. I'm not that fat. Ah. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think sometimes that can happen with in terms of denial, in terms of starting point. That That's what happened with me. So. Okay. I, I knew I was overweight. Yep. And I was desperately unhappy with the way that I looked most of the time. Okay. But there were like some days where I'd look in the mirror and I'd convince myself that I wasn't that fat. You talk yourself out of it. You know, I'd talk myself into, try to talk myself more into it. Okay. <laughs> sort of more trying to talk myself into accepting what I looked like. Or saying as you are. So it's, I'm not that fat. There's fatter people. You know, it's not that bad. That sounds about like it's about probably two steps removed from then you becoming one of those, oh, I'm just going to accept who I am and love myself. Well, that's a whole other topic and you and I will disagree on that topic. But So let's not go there. But um, I think in terms of the starting point, that can sometimes be a big denial factor. I think the other denial factor in terms of starting point can just be the the unwillingness or just the disregard for for your history and i think that well said. we've seen a lot of people that not necessarily have even done it on purpose but they're just not considering what they've done in the past they or, just don't see it as a factor now or it's being blanked out of their head or it's been blanked out of their head so they're just not factoring in past maybe the last couple of years Decades. they're just they're just forgetting to include the years and years and years before that. So Selective memory? Selective memory. And I personally don't think it's always done on purpose. I think a lot of people just focus on the short term. They have that short term mindset. So they're only looking back a, a short way. So I think a lot of people where they get themselves stuck in this uh, success is owed to me, style and when it comes back to the starting point and denial around that a lot of it just is that they're not including the full history the full picture Mm. and they're not factoring how much effect that has on the body yeah but also the habits that get ingrained yeah over that period of time i have i have a term that I, i use just myself with people um i tend to find that 
most people that Courtney and I work with, and I will include Courtney and I in this category, start off as what I call a hot mess. Yes. The hottest of hot messes. And that, that really we kind of specialise in helping people clean up a hot mess. Yeah. But a hot mess is, is not just a mess. Like it is something that's been building for many, many, many years. It does, as I said before, come with a lot of ingrained habits over a long-term period of time. And with those habits come certain levels of self-belief, the, the language you talk to yourself in, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, in terms of, you know, I could never do that. I'm meant to be this way. Yeah. You know, uh, the, hotter, the hotter the mess, the harder it is to fix. Mm. Simple as that. But that does often lead... And as Courtney said, it can usually isn't deliberate, but it's still worth mentioning to complete denial about how bad someone's starting point is. And make no mistake, like the worse your starting point, the longer this is going to take. I also think that being in complete denial about how bad your starting point is often will then lead to totally unrealistic expectations about how change actually works Yeah. in terms of the difficulty of it and the time involved. Now, to be fair, I do think this is fed into by the stupid, dumb-as-fuck industry we actually work in. How many people do we talk to, Courtney, that have come off plenty of experiences in 28-day challenges, all this short-term bullshit that I think adds to this this unearned sense of entitlement and these unrealistic expectations about how this actually fucking works. Yeah. Because straight up, like I'll say, I've said this before and I'm going to say it again and I'll say this like I blew in the face. For me, from my perspective, in my life, what I've done with myself is easily the hardest thing I've ever done in my life and it's not even fucking close. Yes. Now, to be fair, I haven't had kids so all I know is my own perspective. But from my perspective and seeing this with enough people over a long-term period of time now, this is fucking hard. Mm. This is real hard. Me personally, I do find unrealistic expectations in terms of how this works where people are in this sort of denial about it a little insulting mm. just because of how hard I've had to work and scratch and claw for everything I've got to get to this point. Like everything's been earned, everything. Yeah, and I, I definitely see that. And I do think if you've hit on something there in terms of the industry we work in mm. is very short-term orientated. It's a joke, mate. It's a joke. It is. And, it, and, and there's really nothing we can do about that. It's just... Yes, there is. Well, there's something we can do about We're it. We're doing it. But we can't change the mindset of the industry. No. It is no. what it is. They're always going to talk in short-term views. Mm. I think that that is also why a lot of people have a bit of denial going into things in terms of their starting point because mm. the culture in these short-term fixes isn't to look past the last couple of years and look at your full history of yo-yo dieting or of... Self-abuse. Um, Self-abuse. It's not to look back. So I think that that contributes to why people don't. It's mm -hmm. not in the forefront of people's minds. It's not culturally, in terms of the health and fitness industry, the thing to do. So people just don't do it. 
And well, then, to be fair, to be fair, and you are you are correct. No one wants to be told, "I'm sorry." It's going to take you years. No. To fix the mess you've made for yourself. Do we say that to people? Yes, we do. No. Yeah, and but we no do. one wants to hear it. I understand no. that. Yeah. But I think I think that that is a great point to make because I think it goes towards the denial about how bad things are at the starting point. Mm. I also think that it goes towards what you're talking about in terms of unrealistic expectations mm. and how hard things are to change. Yep. And you're talking about not just how hard it is to change what you're eating terms of getting into the gym, exercising if you're not someone that's used to doing that. So we're just talking about habits. I mean, what are the, the statistics now on habits? How, how long does it take for even just one habit to change? They say, like, you know, it, it's a ridiculous amount I believe, of I believe repetitive action. Well, you, you've got me. Now you got, that's a good question. Get me on the spot. I'm pretty sure it's around about 21 days to start a habit. Yeah. But, but the, the longer the habit you're trying to reprogram, the longer it takes to reprogram. And that's also why you see so often people are very, very good at losing weight and they're shit at keeping it off. Yeah. Because they always how often how often have we heard, oh, old habits crept back in. I went back to my old ways. Of course you did. You need you need you need a longer time yeah. uh, implementing certain key fundamental routines. And that's really where it comes what it comes down to a lot. But I think in terms of that, we're talking about unrealistic expectations to change Mm. it comes down to a lot of habits and that's where i think people just don't it's looking at the surface level you know they say it's looking at the, the 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 micro, not the macro, or whatever. Um, it's looking at the detailed, bro. Detailed. The de- it's looking at just a surface level visual things. Yeah, I get, everyone I get what you're wants saying. the visual look. Everyone wants. It's the the sexy part of weight loss. Everyone wants the visual result. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's the things behind the scenes. It's the detail that gets you the visual result. That's the not the sexy part. <laughs> Oh, okay, I get what you're saying now. Uh, there is obviously a focus on the end result. Yeah. In terms of, oh, well, I want to lose 40 kilos in the next month. But what's actually involved in making that happen? And that is, I think, that does lead to people having poor expectations in terms of the work involved. And it's something that Courtney and I do with the people that we work with is obviously goal setting is critical. Oh, because without so goal important. setting, you have no idea where the fuck you're going. So step one is, where are we going? Once we've actually fleshed that out, and I should just mention, I won't get into it, but on the subject of goal setting, since I'm in a shitty mood, if your goal is to lose, or if you write it loose, weight and get fit and tone up, those aren't fucking goals. They're fake goals, mate. They're going to make him mad. They're fake. They are fake goals. In terms of real goal setting, we're talking about you know moving away from certain pain points or... or solving actual long-term problems. Anyway, what I'm getting at is once you set the goal, you know the direction you're heading in. After that, the focus has to get away from that and onto what has to happen to actually make that happen. Yes. And that's where you see people fall apart. Yes. And to be fair, it's also where you see a lot of trainers and coaches fall apart because like, great, so-and-so wants to get into a size 10 bikini 
and she's currently a size 22. Okay, that's great. Um, what the fuck do we need to do to get there now? Yeah, where's the plan? And that's where we, what Courtney and I do with the people that we work with is we then drill into them, righto, get the focus now away from the end result and get the focus on what you need to do and what you need to work on to make it happen. And that's also where it does become a real challenge and why this is so hard because then you've actually got to get to work. Yeah. And I do you know, emphasise the word work. Putting in the effort. Because that's what this is. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, effort, Courtney, because there's another layer to this in terms of you know, this, this feeling that we're owed success quickly and easily is as simple as someone who will put in a half-assed effort and then have the fucking gall to whinge about a half-assed result or no result. Yeah. So how often, and, and I, if, I've, if I had a dollar for every time I've seen this, I'd be retired now living on Matt Island <laughs> where someone puts in what they consider, what they believe is enough of an effort. And I'll use the term token effort. Token effort. A token effort, half-ass effort. Like, oh, I'm cooking my own food sometimes, but I'm having junk food the other half of the time. You know, I'm going to the gym now and then. Why haven't I lost three dress sizes already? Yeah. Get fucked. I think this is where a lot of people go wrong where they're, they're conflating celebrating the small wins with expecting more. Now, that is a brilliant point. Um, there is a lot of discussion that should be had about celebrating the small wins. In fact, we did an episode about that uh, back in the, uh, in the early days. Um, please don't ask me right now what episode number it was because I can't remember, but it was called Do You Celebrate the Small Wins? Yeah. And so often the small wins are overlooked. But in saying that, you might have some small wins on the board but that doesn't mean you just stop putting in effort to get more small wins added up because, yeah, you might have gone from being someone who has been a complete cash potato to being an inconsistent exerciser. Is that, is that an improvement? Yes, it actually is. It's a small win. It is a small win. Is it going to be enough of a small win to help produce an epic change? No. Because you go from step one, I'm a cash potato, to step two, I'm an inconsistent exerciser. What's the next step? I'm a consistent exerciser. Correct. That's the next small win you want to stack up. Same thing with, say, one of the routines that we get our people to do, the routine of cooking your own bloody food. <laughs> so the starting point might be I regularly eat junk food. The next small win is I'm starting to prepare my own food. So you might go from someone who's having junk food 20, 25 times a week to being someone who has junk food 15 times a week. That's a small win. High five. But where, where I see people get stuck is they think that's enough. Well, they think then they're owed. They're, that's enough. They're owed success because they made a change. Why? I've made a small change. Why haven't I dropped 30 close sizes already? Piss off. The next thing is, well, what's the next improvement we're looking for? It might be to then go from 15 takeaway meals a week to 10 mm. and then to five. See how we're going here? Yeah. We're building up. There's 
there's a little bit too much from what I've seen of whinging about a half-assed result that's come from a half-assed effort and not enough emphasis put on the question of where can I improve? What can I do better to improve the result I'm getting? And this is one thing it sort of leads into uh, blame shifting yeah. and not accepting responsibility in terms of, well, I'm, I'm putting in the effort that I think is good enough. I'm not changing the way I think I should be. Thus, it must be someone else's fault. Yeah, someone's fault. So it might be, oh, it's fucking Matt and Courtney's fault. No, oh, the fucking program doesn't work. Oh, fucking, it's fucking work's fault. Oh, my fucking family. Oh. Shut up, mate. You know where the real problem is? It's in the mirror. Yeah. One of my all-time favourite questions and one that I ask myself every day and one that I work to drill into the people that I work with is this question. What can I do better? Yeah, I think that question, though, is can be quite intimidating for a lot of people. I mean, it used to be for me. You know what, though? I actually elaborate. It used to be for me because I think you're opening yourself up to the prospect that you're not you're not enough. You're possibly you're not doing enough. You might be you know you. I've got the personality. I don't like to let people down. Mm-hmm. I don't like anyone to be upset with me. I don't like people to be disappointed in me. Believe we call that people pleaser. Yes, yes, a natural sort of style people pleaser. Few exceptions, but generally, I I tend to err on the people pleaser side of things. Yep. I think opening yourself up to the question of what can I do better for you? Naturally, most people, well, no, not not what can I do better for you. Sorry, what can I do better for me in this situation? Mm. Or how can what what do i need from you to help me even that question alone for some people if they're easily blaming the family or the workplace or something like that but they're not doing anything in those situations to try to help themselves those sort of questions most people would be like well, i don't want what? to ask that that is that is a hard question but it's one that has to be faced yeah because i think without it you're putting a cap on your growth and your development? I think the, the other thing, I just thought of it back to your original question is what can I do better? Yep. You're opening yourself up to be wrong and to have criticism. And I think for a lot of people, and, and potentially like we are wrong, like things that we're doing are wrong, things that we're doing are good, but we don't remember those things. It's only the things that we're doing that are bad. And... In, that, in this particular situation. And then I think as well you're opening yourself up to have criticism, not necessarily because the person's trying to be harsh. They're trying to give you constructive feedback, but even then it's still in a way criticism. And I think for a lot of people, and I know for my particular personality, I would cringe at that. Cringe at the idea that someone's going to tell me, well, I think you could do better at this, this, this and this. And I think, you know could do better at this. Yeah, but you know what's worse than that? Not being told where you can improve. Yes. Because to me, that's mollycoddling. Now, the thing is, if you've got someone who's quite overweight 
there's this thing I've mentioned on this podcast a number of times called the eyeball test. You either pass the eyeball test or you don't. Now, if you've got someone who's overweight, you pretty much have a history there of a large number of things that could be improved upon. One of the necessary things that has to be approached with this is a willingness and openness to accept that feedback. I agree. Especially if you know it's coming from a place that's going to serve the purpose yeah. of getting you where you want to go. Because very, very simply put, if you're out of shape and you're overweight and you're unhealthy, you don't like what you look like and you feel like shit, you have been doing things wrong and there are plenty of things you can do better. I but, completely agree. But that is that is a question that I, one, actually, how many, how many percent? Oh, 100%. Believe needs to be asked on a regular basis. Can I just point out, though? You can. I agree with you. But, here comes the but. No, no, no. I, I completely agree with you. I, okay, cool. I, all I was trying to point out was that I can see why people do do the blame shifting because that is a very hard question for a lot of people to get their head around asking. But I think it is just – it needs to be asked. I think it needs to be – it's a it's a form of self-improvement in any form to mm. be able to be comfortable to ask that question. Well, that question can be asked in every aspect of your life. Yeah. And to be honest, it probably should be because here's the thing that I've noticed, right? Whenever I've asked myself the question of what can I do better, the answer has never been nothing. Yeah. There's if, if I'm being honest with myself, and that's a key word here, honest. If I'm being honest with myself, I ask myself, Matt, what can you do better? There's always an answer. Always. There's always the next thing to improve on or the next thing to look at. And it's one thing that Courtney and I do work to encourage with our own clients is to start to look inwards of what do you think you can do better? Because the thing is, right, people aren't dumb. Even people who are in complete denial, if they're honest with themselves about things they can improve on, they'll give you a list. Yeah. They'll give you a list. But I the thing is, you've got to, you've got to be at the stage where you are prepared to accept that form of critique be it, from, be it from someone in a position of support and guidance with you or from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's looking at it more like a like a performance review at your job. Well, you know what? That's a very good way of putting it because ultimately when it comes to what we do with people, like that's what's required. Like, you know, we Courtney and I have three goals that we give uh, our clients when they start with us. So... Step one is, as I said before, we establish what their goal is. So their goal is to lose X amount of dress sizes or look a certain way, whatever it is, you beauty. Once that's established, the focus then needs to be on what needs to happen to make those goals become reality, right? So we give our clients three things to focus on. There's just three key fundamentals. One, let's get you training consistently. Doing a training routine that you can sustain that you can progress, that you can measure. Yes. And I said it before, I'll say it again, you can sustain. Yes. All right. The second goal is get in the kitchen. And let's start cooking your own food. Building up the routine of cooking your own food. Because that's, that's fucking not easy. Yeah. 
And the third one, the key one, well, the third key one, is the routine of being accountable. Because one thing to think you're doing the right thing, it's another for an objective pair of eyes to look at and go, actually, no, you can improve here, here, and here. Or being told, mate, you're on track here, keep doing what you're doing. That's my favorite feedback to give someone, keep doing what you're doing. It's magic, because it means like you just sustain what you're doing and watch what's going to happen. Yeah. Thing is, though, building up those routines is bloody hard. Real, real hard. But they're the fundamentals that underpin 95% of a person's result. Before we even talk about things like calorie counting, macros or bullshit like that. Yeah? Yeah. But there has to be a willingness to accept responsibility and accept ownership of the choices you've made in the past to get to where you are. Because the thing is, if you're unhealthy and you're overweight and you don't feel good about yourself, that hasn't come because you've eaten your own food and eaten all your vegetables. No. Huh? If we're being honest about it, it's because your lifestyle fucking sucks. Or you've been putting everyone else ahead of you. Or both, usually. Yeah. You show me an overweight person, I'll show you someone who puts everything else ahead of them. Yeah. I actually, a slight digression, but here we go. I have heard people in the past say, oh, well, if you're overweight, it means you're selfish. No, other way around. I think you're too selfless. Yeah. Because you put everything else in front of you. I agree. So it does have to be that accepting of responsibility. And that's where... As uncomfortable as that may make you feel. It is. But you know what, though? Not as uncomfortable as staying the way you are. Yes. Well, that's right. to me, blame shifting really is, if you want to trigger me, go there. Go there. Yeah. Now, something that Courtney's written down here that I'll, I'll use to maybe trigger Courtney. Huh. You've got here, Courtney, this leads to an all-or-nothing mentality. Could you please expand on this? Yeah, I think in the discussion we were having around people feel like they're owed success, mm. I think that that mentality can often lead to the all-or-nothing. In what way? So you've got someone who is exercising for a few weeks. They finally, you know, managed to get some consistency with their training and their nutrition. Which, by the way, actually, can I, can I? Deserves applause because that takes effort. It does. And I think that it definitely should be... Recognised. Recognised. That's where the small wins come in. Yes, agreed. But I think that when the sense of owner, the, the sense of, oh, I'm... Entitlement. I'm, I'm entire. I, I I should be changing. I should have lost weight. You know, I should see something in the in the mirror. Mm. I think that that comes down to again that it, it's very closely to what we were speaking about just before, where it's that all or nothing approach. It's that short term. If it if it's not working by now, it's not going to work. Well said. And. I think that, again, it it comes back to a lot of things we've spoken about. So not factoring in your entire history properly, Mm -hmm. not putting in as as much importance on that history as you should. And then it comes to the uh, unrealistic expectations about how it works, unrealistic expectations about how important habits are in this. All of these things combined then lead, I, 
I think, to the sense of that all or nothing. And we've spoken about all or nothing before, but I think it really lends itself in this situation because you're really talking about that whole, okay, I've done everything that I needed to do for three weeks. I've worked my ass off in the gym. Why aren't my jeans looser? And you can get wrapped up in that. And I know saying that right now, you might be thinking to yourself, who the friggin' hell would think that? What a dumb idea. What a dumb thing to think about. Um, of course you're not going to have your jeans looser in three weeks because you managed to get to the gym. Are you sure about that? It's and very eat your common. own food. But this is the thing. I think when you're not in that mindset, it's easy to l- listen to that and think, who would think that? Well, you would probably think that if you were in that mindset and it very easily you can get into that mindset and I've been there before. So this whole sense of entitlement, your own success, I've been there. And this is where a lot of people tend to plateau, they tend to go backwards. And I've done that several times over the years. I've had a fantastic 12 weeks and then I've celebrated for the next 12 weeks. Or got complacent. Same thing, I suppose, really, yeah. So gone completely backwards because I've been like, hey, look how good I am. Look how good my 12 weeks was. Who gives a shit? No one gives a shit about your 12 weeks. Like, in my head, it was totally legitimate to be like, oh, I worked my ass off for 12 weeks. Like, uh, you know, I'm looking amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think you've really touched on this and I'll, I'll give it give it a definition now it just leads to just a short-term approach yeah that's it what am i doing in the short term not what am i doing for the rest of my life yeah yep that that is that is it and that's that's what you can fall into and to me if you're someone who thinks holy shit i'm in that don't think that you have to then stay in that like i've been in that mentality several times over the years I think everyone has. I know I have. You don't, because you're in it, doesn't mean you have to live there. It's not a disease that is suddenly going to be on you for the rest of your life. It's just something that we are are human and that we will sometimes fall into Mm. and that we then are able to recognise it and pull it back. Well, that's step one, isn't it? Recognising it. Yeah. And taking responsibility. Taking responsibility and ownership. Yep. Not playing the blame game Mm -hmm. to say... You know what? You're right. That wasn't the best thing to think. Pull it on back. Slow your roll, Courtney. Just back it on up a little bit. Pump the brakes, champ. And 99% of what holds a person back, you can see it in the mirror. Yeah. That's where it is. Not the trainer, not the program, not your hormones, not work, not your family, not your friends, not your husband, not your wife. It's in the mirror, mate. To me, I love the point you've made there, Courtney. Ultimately, it is what I call a self-limiting attitude. Yeah. An unearned sense of entitlement. Completely self-limiting attitude. Now, we've spent the better part of half an hour now whinging, moaning, (laughs) ranting, because we're good at that. Let's make this a bit more of a positive ending here. Let's give some tips. Yeah. We wrap it up. Um, I'll start with the first one on the subject of being positive. My first tip is get your head out of your ass. You are owed nothing. Emphasis, nothing. And I think that you have to have that attitude 
really forever. I mean, Matt, how many years have you been on this road of changing your life? Many, many, longer than everyone who's listening to this right now. I've been on this road for years, years and years and years. What, seven years now, eight years? Seven. I still don't think I'm owed anything. You're not. You're, but you've been on this journey for over 10 years. 15. You don't think you're owed anything. I know I'm not owed anything. I think you always have to have that that mindset and it's going to come more naturally to different people. I think, Matt, it comes more naturally to you than it does to me. Well, it does to me, though, because I accepted it a while ago. Yeah. And once I accepted it, it actually helped improve my work ethic because I took, I've took you know, been taking full ownership of my situations, of my goals, of, of my um, downfalls. Yeah. And my my flaws. Yes. The more the more I've accepted that like I'm not owed anything, I've got to earn it, it's like, okay, well, let's go and get cracking. Yeah. And I think that it's not gonna come naturally always and it's it's gonna be something that's very very challenging for some personalities to accept and, and to implement, but and you're not always gonna get it right, but I think it's it's really important to have that mindset of this weight loss doesn't owe you anything. Yeah. You have to go and take it. Yep. If you don't go and take it, then you may as well start accepting the way that you look now. Yeah, that's fine. It's like if you're happy, if you're happy staying the way you are, like, yeah, there's no judgment here. No. But I, I think like sort of like part B of that tip where I said, get your head out of your ass that you're owed nothing is ask yourself the question, what can I do better? The more you ask yourself that question, yes. I think the more you're giving yourself an opportunity to improve. Yes. And you'd be surprised at how that approach feeds this positivity into you. And all of a sudden, you start to get more consistent yes. and more productive with what you're doing. And that's how I found for myself personally with, with me, Matt, the dude, but also with my, my work, the more I've been willing to ask myself that question, the more I've actually developed I think as well it takes that stigma of mistakes are bad away. Mate, mistakes are great. So you have to look at it, as you say, Matt, in a positive attitude of mm. what can I do better here? And I think that, again, it's not something, it's not a question that comes naturally to a lot of people. Mm. It certainly is very difficult still for me to ask myself. I tend to come from more of a perfectionist type of a personality style. Yep. So... For us perfectionists, it's a very, very hard thing to do. But to take that negative stigma away from it and to say, okay, great, I had a great week. What can I do better? So don't ask yourself that question only when you've had a shit week. Ask yourself that question when you've had time. a good week. All the time. And then it becomes less negative. Can I, can I share a little secret with that? When you ask yourself that question and you get good, and consistent at asking it, it actually becomes exciting. Yeah. Because to me, what would scare me is if I asked myself the question, if I wasn't happy with how things were going in some area of my life, I asked myself the question, what can I do better? And I can't think of anything. That would scare me. Yeah. And it would scare me because then I would be actually start to think, is this as good as it gets? Is Have I sort of hit the ceiling on this? Where it excites me if whether things are going my way or not, 
and I ask the question, what can I do better? And I have a list of things. It's exciting. So I think, well, I can now have and continue to have a greater influence on my desired outcome. Yeah. So I look at it as being great. There's more improvement coming. Yeah. That makes sense? It, yes. Uh, what's your tip, Courtney? I think to have perspective as well is really important. And I think that, as, as I mentioned before, it's really easy to get yourself into these mindsets. It's really easy to slip in there. I mean, we've discussed it. I don't know how many more times we can say weight loss is hard. Um, it's hard. About 120 episodes so far. It's incredibly hard. The Weight Loss Podcast tagline, weight loss is hard. Fuck, this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very hard. So it's very long. It's very hard. So you're always going to have ups and downs in your mindset. You're always going to have good days and bad days. Mm. And people always used to ask me, how do I, I feel like I'm in a bit of a rut. I like I feel just negative all the time. How do I get myself out of this? What can I do better? The thing is, is to have perspective. Yeah. And I think that it's great to ask yourself that question, Matt, I completely agree. Ask yourself, try to get used to asking yourself, what can I do better? Mm. But it's also at the same time, you have to remember to celebrate those small wins. Mm. Keep the small wins in perspective. They're small wins. They're not big wins because remember your goal setting. Celebrate the small wins. Remember how far you've come. Remember that if you're in that negative mindset, if you're in that woe is me mindset or the blame shifting mindset remember it it's not permanent you can get out of it you just need a little bit of perspective love it and i think that it's always good to remind yourself that it's really easy i think to get in the perspective i think especially in this day and age this social media la la land world that we live in (laughs) it's really easy to start to think that you're the exception to the rule I always used to think that back in the day before I met you, Matt, and that was back to that whole, I would look at myself in the mirror and some days I would think, oh, I'm not that fat. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. There's fatter people. And then I would go another week like thinking that I was, you know, fat and ugly and hated myself. Yep. So I would go up and down in that and I think that sometimes I would would often think I'm going to be the exception to the rule. It's going to work for me quicker. I suppose that ties into the title of this episode, What Makes You So Special? And, and that is so easy to get sucked into that, especially in this day and age where people are only ever sharing the good stuff on social media. Mm. People are only ever sharing the, it took about 12 weeks. You know, it's all in the little language. It's all in the click, clickbait, you know, well, headlines. Also, I'll tell you what, to be fair as well, uh, and I do think... This is something that you and I can improve on and will improve on. Like we we love to show great before and after photos. The one drawback of them is you don't see what happened between them. Yeah. Yeah. And often and, and to be fair, this is like again the question, what can we do better? I think we can do better at illustrating the differences here. You see these great before and after photos, you don't see what had to go on to make those things happen. Yeah. And that's where you can fall into the trap of, oh well. So-and-so lost six dress sizes in 12 months. Like, I'll do the exact same thing. Like, mate, you don't know what they had to go through to get there. No. And I think that 
it's really easy to constantly think that you're going to be the exception to the rule because we all want to believe that. You won't Deep be. Deep down, you won't be. we want to believe that it is going to be different for us. Sounds like a delightful new Disney movie, but here in reality, <laughs> does not work that way. I agree. So that's where that is also part of having perspective. I'm glad you said that, and it ties into uh, the last tip I want to give, which is play the long game. You go to approach this as a rest of your life proposition. So the way I look at it with with me personally, I have entered into a lifelong agreement with myself to continue to improve and to sustain what I've done and improve on what I've done. Yeah. Not just to go and kick ass for 12 weeks and then go back to normal, whoops, I'm back to square one. You've got to play the long game. You're not going to undo years and years, if not decades, worth of bad habits, negative self-talk, negative mindset, self-abuse, thing that comes up a lot with this show because that's what it is. You're not going to undo that quickly. If this isn't the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life, it's going to be really up there. Yeah. Right up there. Yeah. As hard as it is, I would advise to accept that. Yeah. Because it's the way it is. You don't have to like it. I don't like it, but it's the way it is. I don't like it. No one likes it. No, I don't like it. I accept it. It's two different things. Yeah. Also, to be fair, I don't like how long this takes. Well, that's what I mean, though. But you I accept don't like it. the whole thing. I don't like how long it takes the clients that we work with to get a great result. I wish we could get it faster as well. I don't like how hard it is. I don't like I don't like working out. We're going with our I don't likes list. Really? I don't like eating vegetables. Really? Not I, that much. I do like eating vegetables. But, but, this is where you can get stuck in that hole, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that, blah, 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 Mate, blah, straight blah. straight up, straight up, change is fucking hard. It's hard? Yeah. It's not a sexy process. No, the outcome can be though. The outcome is exciting. Yeah, for sure. The process is hard, it is not sexy. It has its moments, yeah, that's for sure. There is never going to be a headline on a magazine that says the weight loss process is so much fun. Well, anyone that says that's bullshitting to you. Uh, so any more tips you want to give or do we put a bow on this one? No, I think I've managed to get through that perfectly, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and she's modest, so no, uh, no. fantastic. What can I do better? That is the question. Take one thing away Ooh. from this Ooh. from this episode. Try to start asking yourself that question. Excuse me, try. No, just do it. No. Ask yourself, challenge. Ask yourself that question every day for the next month. How about for the next rest of your life? Let's break it down into goals, please. Ooh. Break it down. Yeah. Even break it down further. Just ask it to yourself once a week for the next month. How about just for the next week? Ask yourself, what could I do better? But make sure you're not asking yourself that question when there's something gone wrong. Make sure you're asking yourself that question when things go right as well because the last thing you want to do is turn that question into something negative. Boom, well done. So on that note, let's bring this one to a close. Uh, Courtney and I would like to invite you to come and hang out with us because we're fucking awesome. We are. Just ask us. 
So in, uh, in the app you are currently using to listen to us, you will find a link in the show description to our Facebook group. Come hang out with Courtney and I and other like-minded people. If you like what we do and you want to support the show and keep us ad-free, please buy us a coffee. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash weight loss. You'll also find that link in the app you're currently using. And on that note, Courtney, let's get out of here. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Hope you got, Actually, you know what? Thank you for indulging us. Yes. This is one of the most self-indulgent episodes I think we've ever done. Fuck, we're wankers. Yeah. Uh, but we think we did well, and uh, hopefully you think so too. Otherwise, well, whoops, stiff shit. See you next week. Uh, so have a good one and we will see you soon. Are you ready to share your success? Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 